The Bible says there is a time coming when Christians will be persecuted and even killed. The media and celebrities are proclaiming tolerance while working diligently to identify and label folks as extremists if your views don't align with their views. Is this joint effort for distinction leading us to this prophesied time of more prevalent persecution of Christians? Let's talk about it. Welcome to End of the Age. I'm Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. Are you a Christian extremist? That's what we're going to talk about today. We'd love to chat with you about it. What's your take? Uh, give us a call at one eight seven seven end time one eight seven seven three six three eight four six three. We'd love to hear your thoughts on whether or not the move to distinguish um, what what these different extremist folks are uh, is leading us to Christian persecution. So call us at one eight seven seven end time. Doug, we want to go right into the scriptures. Matthew 24, starting in verse 9, says, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another, and many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Yeah. Amen. Amen. What do you think? Well, I think we're just about there, Vance, is what I think. Uh, You know, based on what Jesus says right there, for his name's sake, we've been seeing that a lot uh, in everything. They want to take God's name out of everything. They want to take... in God we trust, off of our money, off of our police cars and things like that. And that's not even saying Jesus there. That's just saying God. Sure. Uh, and, you know, anybody could, uh, I guess, insert any God that they wanted to in that. But we know, you know, that we're talking about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus says, in my name's sake, you know, we, we've done stories before, years before, where uh, they talked about, uh, people were asked not to say in Jesus' name at the end of the prayer. Even Brother Baxter one time was asked to say a prayer, but they asked him to exclude the name of Jesus in his prayer, and he told him he couldn't do it. Did he pray? No, I, he turned it down, I think. <laughs> if I remember correctly, I believe he turned it down because he told him he couldn't pray and not do it in the name of Jesus Christ. So help paint the picture here. What, what's going on in this passage that, that we've just read here? Is this, this is Jesus talking. Kind of help us get our minds around what what we see here. Yeah, so he's telling us, he's, he's actually talking from the apostles all the way down to us now because he talks about the end time here when he begins to talk about some of the things that are going to happen toward the time that we're in right now. But we know from you know, the history of the Bible and from the apostles that they were all uh, put in these situations. You know, Peter was arrested many times and, and beaten and, and released and Paul and all of the apostles had gone through some type of tribulation. And so Jesus is saying that, that, that the time is going to come, um, that it was going to happen more and more. 
And especially what I see that brings us up to where we are right now, we see a lot of what's happening in our world happening in the scripture. We see people that are hating one another. We see people being told that they should hate people because of what they're saying. We're being told that our biblical speech, the things that we say, this is what scripture says, can be hate speech. Mm-hmm. We're watching that happen in the in the times that we live in right now. But I think the, the part of the scripture that gets me the most is when it says, and because of iniquity, it shall abound that the love of many shall wax cold. So it says because of sin abounding more and more in this time, that people's hearts are going to wax cold. They're going to grow cold to the word of God. They're going to grow cold to people who are trying to spread the gospel. And I think that that is exactly where we are right now. But the hope that's in there, of course, is that if we endure until the end, we'll be saved. If we stick to our guns, if we continue to do what we know we should do as Christians. So um, this is obviously taking place before the word Christian was even used. Of course, they're very familiar with the word Christ as Messiah. Um, but Christian wasn't used until Acts. So, but obviously these these people that are sitting under Jesus are the people that were re- referred to in Acts, and of course they're disciples from there. But I think you know our, our, the question for the the show is: Are you a Christian extremist? I think it, we first have to ask: What is a Christian? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, easy definition is if you believe that Jesus is the Lord in Christ that you follow him, you believe in him. And if you're you, born again, yeah, you're, you're a born again, Christian, then, uh, being born again and believing that the Bible is the infallible word of, of God and following, uh, you know, its teachings and what Christ told us were his commandments, then you're a Christian. And, and we, we actually have, we go more in depth on that at endtime.com slash reborn. If you want to go there and read that article, you can, endtime.com slash reborn. We talk more in detail about being born again. But you mentioned the word believe. Believe is an interesting word because, you know, if the whole fire analogy, we always use this where we say, oh, if I tell you there's a fire and you believe me, you you get out of the house. If you don't believe me, you just stay on the couch and do whatever you were doing. But belief, belief, yeah, eating cheetos. <laughs> belief results in action. Right. So, just thinking about that word, believer. What, what in the world is a believer? Yeah. Well, you know, like we talked about before the show, I, I feel like if you believe in something, then you've got to follow it strongly. You've, you've got to commit to it. To, so, like if you said there's a fire... And I believe you. I'm going to commit to getting out of the fire. But like you said, if I really don't believe it, I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing and going, there's no fire. Yeah. Uh, so I think if we believe something, there's, there's an action involved in that belief. So. Yeah, there's, a, there's an interview with Jordan Peterson and Dennis Prager uh, that I think everyone should watch. If you just, uh, I guess, search Dennis Prager and, and Jordan Peterson and uh, what is a Christian Jordan Peterson talks about this because people have asked him, do you believe in God? And he has never wanted to really answer it. And he goes into detail in this interview about why that's the case. And he, to summarize, you should still go watch it. I'm going to tell you what he says, but you should still go watch it because he's going to say it way better than me. But he basically, he starts crying and he says, well, if I say I believe in God, then that alters 
my behavior in private and that alters my behavior in public and alters how I think and how I live my life. And so I know how I live my life. So it's hard for me to say I believe in God because I don't always live in a way that would reflect my belief in God. So it's hard for me to say that. So it's like, oh, you know, that's convicting (laughs) because me too. You know, I don't always do what I should do. So we're going to be talking about what is a Christian extremist? Are you a Christian extremist? Is the uh, activity in our nation and in our world right now leading us to a time where Christians will be persecuted even more? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Give us a call at one 877 We'll talk more about it on the other side of the break. Does the book of Revelation frighten you? Do its symbols confuse you? For centuries, the book of Revelation has been misunderstood and misinterpreted. In Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, Volume 1, Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. This 10-part definitive DVD series and 268-page comprehensive commentary book covers the first 12 chapters of the book of Revelation, featuring on-location photography, classic artwork, and symbolic illustrations. You'll walk away with complete understanding and peace about the events happening during the final years on Earth. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding as you dig into the original intent of the book, answering the mysterious prophecies and symbols of the book of Revelation. Don't miss this special offer. Call now, 1-800-END-TIME, or go to endtime.com to order. Call or go online now to get this comprehensive Bible study. We've seen Bible prophecy fulfilled like never before. From the halls of the United Nations to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, End Time Ministries continues to reveal the Bible prophecy in the news headlines around the world every day. Whether it's through our broadcast or online at our Jerusalem Prophecy College, your gifts enable us to put vital materials in the hands of those who need it most. Because of you, we continue to replace fear with faith in the hearts of Christians around the world. We will continue to see prophecy come to pass at an even swifter pace. We need your support. Your donation of any amount enables us to continue to broadcast and be a voice in the ever-growing censored media. To become a partner or give a one-time gift, visit endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME right now. That's 800-363-8463. Go online now. Visit endtime.com. Welcome back to Into the Age. I'm Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We're talking about Christian extremism. Are you a Christian extremist? Give us a call at one 877 end time. We'd love to hear your thoughts, take your questions, whatever you want to share with us. We are down to talk about it today around this topic. Doug, before the break, we were talking about what a Christian is, what a believer is. Now, what is a Christian extremist? Because... I guess as I was going on the uh, the story about Jordan Peterson, Dennis Prager, and him talking about being a believer, that sounded pretty extreme yeah. to modern interpretation, I suppose. Right. So what is a Christian extremist? Well, I mean, I would say that a Christian extremist is somebody that believes every bit of what the Bible says. And then, like we talked about before, you've got to put that belief into action. Uh, So if you're a Christian extremist, then you're going to believe things like Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. 
the only way to the Father is through me. You're going to believe that those things are true, that there is one true way to God, and it's through Jesus Christ. And so um, there, there's all kinds of other things. I mean, some of the topics that we'll go into today and what we're going to discuss, those things are considered extremism nowadays, but it's just simply the Word of God. And if you're a believer and you're uh, a born-again Christian, then you're going to follow those teachings of Jesus, the, the things that he taught us, you're going to want to do those things. That, to some, is extremism. So what do I do with these Christians that I know personally or that I am connected to more as acquaintances yeah. that proclaim that they're Christian, proclaim that they're believers, they go to church, they pay their tithes, they give offering, they volunteer and yet they say this portion of scripture uh, is interpreted poorly for today. It meant what it means now is not the same because of love and grace and acceptance for everyone. And so therefore this scripture can't be true because of love. How, what do I do with those people? <laughs> Well, for one thing, I guess we just we have to pray for those folks and try to show them, you know, that the word is true. And when, I remember Brother Baxter saying one time that he believes every word of the Bible and that if the Bible said tomorrow to stop wearing ties, let him know because he hated the darn things and he wasn't going to wear one anymore. But that's how, you know, can be that can be determined extremism. If the Bible says don't do this, then don't do this. If the Bible says that we must do this, we must do those things. That's what the Word of God tells us. And some people, they don't want to live their life like that. That's between them and God. They're going to have to get that reconciled between them and Jesus Christ. But, uh, you know, that's what the Holy Spirit's about, to lead and guide those people. Uh, we talk to people all the time on the phone uh, that are in different places, you know, in their spiritual walk. Yeah. Uh, Brother Baxter uses the, the termination or the, the terminology. terminology, sorry, sometimes of a uh, when you start off being a Christian, you're a baby Christian. It's like a kid who puts mashed potatoes in his hair. But if he's 12 years old and he's still putting mashed potatoes in his hair, in his hair, then Houston, we have a problem. So there's you got to get that fixed. And so uh, I think as a as a person matures, and and we can show them through grace and love. You know, hey, Scripture does say this, and you know, then we've got to let the Holy Spirit, you know, kick in and begin to lead those people in the right direction. We can do that with love and grace as well. But at the end of the day, like uh, our pastor said the other night in church, I'm worried about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, think, I think we've branded this extremist and, and different things like that. I think we've branded it to where we go, okay, a Christian extremist is John the Baptist. Right. And he's a crazy man. And, you know, all this stuff that we, uh, the pictures that we've painted and, you know, sometimes a Christian extremist looks like that little old woman that sits near the back that you don't ever hear from, right. you know, at church. It's like it doesn't necessarily have to be a wild person, yeah. although I know some wild people that are <laughs> Christian extremists. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be a wild person or they don't have to be extreme in right. all their ways. It's just that, like you said, they have faith in the Word of God. They read it. They apply it they believe it yeah and it really is it can be very mild as far as 
you know, like I'm talking right now, it can be that, uh, that mild and you can still be an extremist, right. but be mild natured. You don't have to be a crazy camel covered, camel hair covered <laughs> man Locus out in the eating. wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, well, we are taking your calls. one eight seven seven in time one eight seven seven three six three eight four six three. We want to go to uh, Walt in Texas. Welcome to the show, Walt. Hey, good afternoon, guys. How are you doing? We're doing well. How are you? Oh, fine. Sorry about my dog's barking. Uh, look, um, I love this topic. And uh, um, I first of all want to say I, I have an answer because I'm a Jerusalem Prophecy College student. And, uh, yes, I am a Christian extremist, but uh, a lot of people might not get that term right. What I... Uh, what I understand from Irvin's lessons is that the United Nations Genocide Convention uh, basically would label Bible-believing Christians as extremists because we are an exclusive faith. We believe the only way to be saved is through Jesus Christ. So consequently, we're uh, uh, mentally harming folks that believe other, otherwise. And, uh, of course, because of that, a lot of hatred's being whipped up about us. You remember when Obama characterized us as bitter Americans clinging to our guns and our Bibles and things of that nature. Yeah. So, yes, since I believe that Jesus is the way, I'm an extremist. But it's not me that classifies myself as an extremist. It's Satan's world around us that is slowly and surely uh, labeling us as extremists, and that is where the persecution will come from. You're just a regular old guy in the kingdom, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, the Bible, every bit of it is correct. And uh, the Jerusalem Prophecy College lessons are so wonderful. You know, so many of us, like myself, when when we were young and, and when we first were uh, saved. Uh, you know, you read the Bible and then life hits and then all of a sudden you're not reading the Bible every day and yeah. all of a sudden it's not every week and then all of a sudden it's not every month and, you know, pretty soon uh, you get the verses wrong and you get the context wrong. And So I can see how a lot of so-called Christians uh, have misconceptions about what you guys are talking about, you know, today's values. Yeah. Uh, so consequently, they might buy into that deception that, uh, you know, like like uh, the multiple ways to, to salvation. But, you know, so consequently, we Bible believers are extremists in the eyes of the world. And you know what? I'm proud of it. Yeah. Amen, Me Walt. too. Amen. Thank you, Walt. Thanks for calling in, Walt. Great perspective as always. And uh, if you're listening or watching out there, please remember, Walt, we're really connected with him. And he's going through some... Uh, personal health problems and uh, I believe God's going to use him in those moments and he's requested prayer from us and we've been praying for him but if you're out there why don't you lift Walt up today in prayer he would greatly appreciate it Walt's a great guy Doug yeah he is Um, we really appreciate it when he calls in and and talks with us. Uh, well, we are taking your calls at one eight seven seven in time one eight seven seven three six three eight four six three. If you're on Facebook, uh, it would help a lot if you'd hit the share button 
and perhaps in the share say, I am a Christian extremist or I am not a Christian extremist or these guys are crazy. Whatever you want to say, you can say. <laughs> it's your post. Uh, but if you hit the share button, it helps a little bit with uh, getting to your friends and family and uh, breaking down the algorithms a little bit that Facebook kind of uses to suppress content that they don't want to be popular. So hit the share button, if you will. It would help us out a lot. Um, Doug, I guess we're ready for the video clip, aren't we? we yeah, got a clip let's... we want to share with everyone, uh, some interesting information that came out of the U.K. Mm-hmm. So we are going to go to that clip now. Listen to what my colleagues are going to say. Listen to what my colleagues are going to say. Listen to what my colleagues are going to say. Listen to what my colleagues are going to say. Listen to what my colleagues are going to all right well for those of you that couldn't see the video what we're watching here is a christian pastor in the uk get arrested for standing up on a step stool and reading scripture and preaching we're going to share an article with you from the uh, Christianity Daily. Um, says the Christian pastor in UK arrested simply for saying marriage is between a man and a woman. Um, he was uh, arrested in London over his statement on the biblical definition of marriage. Pastor John Sherwood was accused of making homophobic comments when he preached outside uh, UX Bridge Station. His arrest was handled unpleasantly that the uh, um, that the elderly man complained he was bruised and treated shamefully. Sherwood is a 71-year-old grandfather who's been ministering in an evangelical church for 35 years in North London. He said, I wasn't making any homophobic comments. I was just defining marriage as a relationship between a man and a woman. I was only saying that the Bible says I wasn't wanting to hurt anyone or cause offense. He also said that he was just doing his job of preaching the gospel. When the police approached me, I explained that I was exercising my religious liberty and my conscience. I was forcibly pulled down from the steps and suffered some injury to my wrist and to my elbow. I do believe I was treated shamefully. It should never have happened. He was arrested under Section 5 of the Public Order Act for the said offense. He was held for a night in jail and released without charge, but his case will be reviewed by the Crown Prosecution Service. The pastor revealed that the officers also questioned him about his attitude towards gay people. In the video clip taken during his arrest, the pastor was shown pulled forcibly down a stepladder by officers. He was then handcuffed and taken to the police car. A spokesman of Metropolitan Police said that in accordance with their professional standards, the footage showed that the officers did not commit misconduct in Sherwood's arrest. Pastor Peter Simpson of Penn Free Methodist Church stated that everything Sherwood said during his preaching in the tube station was based in in the Bible and never uttered anything abusive. He also said that the pastor's arrest is a dangerous assault on speech freedom as well as freedom of Christian pastors to preach biblical teachings in public. Quote, the state has no right to designate that some parts of God's word are no-go areas, end quote. Andre Williams, a Christian Legal Center chief executive, was deeply concerned about the incident. 
She said that preaching in public was long been practiced in the country as a symbol of its freedom. She also said that police should know more about freedom of religion and speech. Williams blamed cancel culture for such incident, but argued that the country's laws on protecting the freedom to preach publicly are very strong, adding that the center has been defending Christian preachers for more than a decade already and has always won. This recent incident provides a glimpse at what could happen should Biden's Equality Act become law in America. So that's pretty scary right there because that is something we're looking at, this uh, Equality Act. And... I mean, this could happen more and more. We could see it happen. The things we talk about on this program, Vince, we could get in trouble for, possibly be arrested because I think I was what we're close seeing. to getting in trouble for just reading the article. <laughs> you may have been. I, I do like what it says there that the state doesn't have any right to say which part of God's word is a no-go. Like the state can't tell you which parts of the Bible you can read and which parts you can't. But – just to to kind of clear things up, let's talk about what the Bible says about marriage, what this pastor was actually talking about. Uh, Genesis 2.24 says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Jesus also quoted this and said it in Matthew 19 and verse 4 and 5. And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that? He which made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and the twain shall be one flesh. So we've gotten to the point now in our time, like we were talking about before in Matthew 24, where Jesus was talking about where this is offensive to people. This speech is offensive saying that, God made man and woman, so he, he made two, a male and a female, and he made marriage to where the male and the female marry together and they become one flesh. And so that is in Scripture. And now this pastor believing this and teaching this, someone found offense to it and went and told the police officer. There was, there was another article that I read that said that someone actually went up to a passerby, a, a police officer passing by, went up and told them that this man was offending people by talking about um, homophobic things and uh, homosexuality. Well, so, we, we use the word extremist, mm-hmm. and some people don't like that word, and that's fine. We're not trying to proclaim extreme things it's just that what you just read there and you're saying that it's the truth Mm -hmm. is considered extreme like if some people were to see this video and they will well yeah they will (laughs) but i mean if it got in x person's hands or x corporation's hands we could have rioters out in our parking lot tomorrow morning because these crazy guys on here are not. Please being, do not say that. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm saying that this could very well occur. Right. So we'll talk it's more about it are. on the other side of the break. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you have any questions, comments, give us a call at one eight seven seven in time. It's one eight seven seven three six three eight four six three. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. 
When you subscribe to Into the H Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search Into the H Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Move Mountains with Irvin Baxter. This book by Irvin's grandson provides 30 days of devotion that will enhance your relationship with God and others. Authentic illustrations from early morning devotions at end time will help you find your purpose and eliminate fears. Commit to taking this 30-day journey and experience real life change. Get your book for only $14.99. Call 1-800-363-8463 or go to endtime.com slash move. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. So Doug, as I was saying before the break, what you just read would be considered extreme Mm -hmm. and intolerable and all the bad things, and it would be on all the news stations that want to push a different idea and say, Christian minister hates people. Right. <laughs> how, would well, they, how would they title that, that article or segment? <laughs> I, I'm not sure how they would do it, but it's... <laughs> it wouldn't be very favorable. No, it would not be favorable at all. But, I mean, we've watched this before in history, too, Vince. I mean, this is what happened in Nazi Germany with the Jewish people. I mean, one one group began to, to say that these people, you know, you should hate these people because they're different than you and they're responsible for this and they believe this and those things. It's That's what we're beginning to see. We're beginning to see uh, where the, the tides are turning, where this was a Christian nation you know, for years and years and years, and we we stuck to the values of the Bible and and the morals in the Bible, and now we're we're pulling so far away from that that it's almost like we have become uh, the outlaws in the story here. We we become the bad guys, and all we're trying to do is, you know, proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, I mean, it's we the Bible tells us that we shouldn't find it strange when we're facing these fiery trials but we should find joy in it uh and i just kind of you know did that without reading the text but that's in first (laughs) peter chapter four if you want to go there but it's it's hard sometimes to find joy when you're going through persecution uh like this pastor went through we watched him be taken down it he didn't look like he was very joyful at that point now i'm sure once he got in that jail cell and he had to sit there and and think about all this he probably began to think on things like that scripture where you know hey he's suffering like the apostles did or he's suffering like christ did and i i think that that's what that scripture is telling us to rejoice in that knowing that we're partakers in what christ went through too uh and so that's how the bible tells us to think about it but there's other things going on uh you know there's other articles that we've got here that are disturbing for other reasons but it goes along with what you know we're talking about today. What, what do we say to the people that say 
don't use extreme because we're supposed to have moderation in all things. <laughs> what, do, what do you say to that? Uh, define moderation. <laughs> Don't don't try to make me extreme here. We don't have to define it. No. <laughs> uh, you know, Vince, I I think that when the Bible tells us something is true, we've got to stick to that. There, I don't think we can can tiptoe around those subjects. We, I mean, it's like it's I've not to- moderation. It's r- right. I've told people before. It's like if somebody's drowning. I'm not going to sit there and encourage them to swim over to the shore. I'm going to throw them a lifeline and pull them out. And it's yeah. kind of like, you know, when we're teaching somebody scripture, that's what you want to do. You love that person. And if you really love them, you're going to save them. It's not love if you're just encouraging somebody and saying, oh, you're doing a great job as they're going under for the third time, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, <laughs> I don't know if that answers your question or not. But. I think um, with the counting it as joy reference that you made, you know, not just in those moments where we are persecuted, but one thing that I've found as a a real wrestling match that I deal with and and people that I know deal with, it's when I'm about to read this scripture that you just read or when I'm about to say something that I don't think is strong, I think it's this is just who we are as people pursuing the way. You know, right. this is, it's yeah. just normal. It's not extreme. Right. Uh, but when I start, when, when I acknowledge my audience and when I know that you know I have loved ones family uh, friends and then even people that I don't know that are going to be dealing with things that are opposed to what I just said or I'm about to say I have to go into that and I'm like I need to say this with a little more care than maybe I would me and you sitting in an office talking about what we're going to talk about today is a little bit of a different version than what we actually come on here and say. <laughs> Not because we're hypocrites or two-faced, but we are trying to communicate the Word of God in a way that's favorable to the audience so they can better understand it, right. relate with it, and perhaps make some changes. So I, I guess that's where I start going, man, i got to slow down and yeah, and try to figure out how to do this joyfully. So it's a little different. Than the extreme, than, I, should, I guess I should say it. it's a little, it's a little different than the persecution part, but yeah. it's still part of it, where it's a, right. a battle on how we deliver things. Yeah, well, and I believe that you know that's where the love comes in when we talk about love. You know, Christians are supposed to love, and I think that's where the love comes in. You know, the Bible tells you that if you have all these gifts of the Spirit, but you have no love, then you're not doing anything. You're making noise like a sounding gong and things like that. So we have to uh, teach people in a way that we're loving on them. And like you said, we've got people that we're trying to reach that are in all different levels of their Christianity. And some of them may not even be a Christian yet. They may be Mm -hmm. trying to find the way to God. And we don't ever want to run anybody off and beat them over the head with things, but you want to do it in a way that they can understand this is the Word of God and the Word of God is true. Mm -hmm. I think we can do that and love people too. Absolutely. (laughs) You already read 1 Peter 4? Are we moving on from that? Yeah, let's go to this next article. Okay. Um, This is the one that I said was kind of disturbing and what we found out today about the Biden administration. All right, this is from CNN. Uh, The Biden admin wants to outsource spying on Americans to private firms to bypass Fourth Amendment. 
says the Biden administration is considering using private firms to track the online activity of American citizens in order to get around the Fourth Amendment and other laws that protect Americans from unreasonable searches and seizures and surveillance. The report says that the Biden administration wants to monitor extremist chatter by Americans online, but can't do so without a warrant and thinks private firms can get around around the legal restrictions. I know I've got more to read here, but I have so much to say about that one thing. (laughs) Uh, Federal authorities can only browse through unprotected information on social media sites like Twitter and Facebook and other open open online platforms. By partnering with research firms who have more visibility in this space, the DHS could produce information that would likely be beneficial to both it and the FBI, which can't monitor U.S. citizens in this way without first getting a warrant or having the pretext of an ongoing investigation. The CIA and NSA are also limited on collecting intelligence domestically. There's a tension between waiting to empower DHS's intelligence office to do this kind of work around domestic terrorism on the one hand, and then, on the other hand, the misuse of its capabilities during the summer of 2020 gives a lot of people on the Hill pause when it comes to potentially giving them new authorities, capabilities, or resources. It seems that the January 6th Capitol riot prompted this effort. Much of the planning for the Capitol Hill riot appeared out in the open, on social media platforms, and on encrypted apps available to anyone with an Internet connection. The DHS is trying to get better sense of narratives that might lead to violence as they emerge across those channels. But tracking those narratives, particularly in the wake of January 6th, increasingly requires access to private groups on encrypted apps as extremist groups migrate from more forward-facing sites like Facebook. By the time narratives are appearing on Facebook, it's usually too late, one DHS official told CNN. Domestic violence extremists are really adaptive and innovative. We see them not only moving to encrypted platforms, but obviously couching their language so they don't trigger any kind of red flag on any platforms. Let let me stop you right there for a second. (laughs) Okay. I, I just want to say, okay, so what they're doing here is they're basing this on what happened on January the 6th, okay? So they're talking about the Capitol Hill riot, okay? So there's this is one of those things that um, it, it depends on your perspective of what happened here, okay? So the other night, President Biden said this was the worst thing since, like, the Civil War and things like that. And it's like, okay, it's it's not, though, because they were allowing protesters to come in. And if you remember, a lot of these protesters, a lot of the people that were there that were protesting, I mean, we know that they're, now we know because there's stories that Antifa was in the middle of this group and, and that they were doing things. And, uh, you know, they actually were probably the ones pounding the door in. And, like, if you watch the video, you can hear them screaming Antifa as they're banging the doors. But once the police officers let these protesters in i think that most of the protesters that were there that day that consider themselves patriots that they are probably christians as well because most of the people that were at those rallies if you remember one of the rallies i had a video from one of our uh, partners that was at a rally and they were opening up with prayer they opened up with prayer they had a huge prayer group where they all prayed and and they were like, you know, let's have a peaceful protest here. But just like with the buildings coming down and we lost a little bit of freedom, 
They're using something like... 9-11, you're referring to. Yeah. yeah. So we lost the freedom where we can't go into an airport, you know, and get on a plane without having to take your shoes off and your belt off and being subject to a search, you know, at any moment just because of the way you look or a feeling they might have. So now they can search you, and we gave up those freedoms. I know I'm getting on a soapbox here. (laughs) But, I mean, they're doing the same thing again with this, and they're wanting to spy on people that they would consider extremists. Now, we just talked about things that would be considered extreme, Vince. And also, to reemphasize, we're not proclaiming that what we, by following the Bible, you're an extremist. Right. Again, we're simply saying we may be labeled as extremists by mainstream media and celebrities and all these other people. Yeah. It's really not extreme. It's just regular stuff in the Word of God. Right. <laughs> And and so now we see that, hey, there, there's an opportunity that when we talk like this and we use Scripture to back up what what we believe, that we could be considered extremists. Now they can spy on you to gather information about you. And so it's just an, another thing. I'm sorry, that just kind of gets in my craw a little bit because I feel like it's given them an opportunity to take more freedom away. All right, well, that article wraps up by saying former Trump chief of staff Mark Meadows blasted the plan. They spied on Donald Trump's presidential campaign and skated by with no consequences, and now they want to spy on you too. This is chilling, terrible idea that should be roundly rejected. Criticism of the plan didn't come, uh, didn't just come from the right. Former CIA officer... Brian Wright, a Democrat, called the plan monstrous. Yeah. I think it is monstrous. It's a little bit scary. It sure is. Well, we are going to take your calls. Give us a call at one eight seven seven in time one eight seven seven three six three eight four six three. We're going to go to Michael in Florida. Michael, we are running out of time, so if you can, get straight to your question. Welcome to Into the Age. Hey, how you doing? We're doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, about the Christian extremism, um, in my personal opinion, I think it's words that the radical left like to use because they like to use Christian national- nationalism or Christian supremacy because uh, I've dealt with the progressive, the progressive left a lot, especially on Facebook you know, during debates and things like that. So that that's just something that I see um, because what they're doing is they're trying to give us secular mindset because um, they're trying to replace uh, their ways with like to end racial and socioeconomic and gender based injustices but it's in a way it's getting um, people to accept their secular movement instead of God's movement Um, you got about 10 seconds did you want to throw a question out there or I'm sorry to rush you. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. Um, I, that, that's just mainly the comment that I wanted to put in. All right, Michael. We appreciate you calling Thanks, and Michael. sharing your perspective. Uh, you're pretty right, we think. So uh, we'll take more calls after the break. Give us a call at one eight seven seven in time one eight seven seven three six three eight four six three. Most of us walk around day by day blind to the prophecies being fulfilled right before us. Every news report brings a new piece to the puzzle in the race towards the final seven years and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, more than ever, it is important for God's people to understand the times in which we are living. On November the 12th, 2013, 
we opened our Jerusalem Prophecy College in downtown Jerusalem. These same courses are now available online for people who are unable to attend the classes in person. We welcome students to join us and discover the link between current events and the prophecies of the Bible. Take your place in the prophecy of Daniel 11.33. Enroll in the Jerusalem Prophecy College today. Go to JerusalemProphecyCollege.com. Welcome back to End of the Age. We have one segment left, and we are taking your calls at one eight seven seven in time one eight seven seven three six three eight four six three. Before we get to the calls, I did want to remind you about our Reclaim America campaign. We think it's imperative that our lawmakers and that thought leaders around America, more so now than ever, need to be reading End Time magazine. They need a biblical perspective that explains what their actions are contributing to. According to Bible prophecy, we lay it out as clear as we possibly can, and it has made an impact. We've received many testimonies and communications about how this Reclaim America campaign has done a lot of good, and so we want to continue doing it every two years we bring it up and we still have 14 states to cover and several thought leaders. We've got four people in the executive branch that need covered. So $160 will cover the rest of them. Um, North Carolina still needs some help. New York, New Mexico, California, um, Louisiana, Massachusetts. There's several states. If you want to join with us in this Reclaim America campaign, go to endtime.com slash USA or give us a call at 1-800-END-TIME and tell the person that answered the phone that you want to help with the Reclaim America campaign. For $40, it will cover one person uh, to get in Time Magazine for two years. And then, of course, like I said, 160 bucks would cover the executive branch that remains. $160 would cover Virginia. 320 would cover Wisconsin and so on. So um, ask somebody on the phone uh, about your state. Make sure that it's covered. If not, there's plenty of thought leaders to cover as well. Intime.com uh, slash USA or 1-800-INTIME. All right, we are going to the phones now. Daylene, welcome to End of the Age. And sorry about that. I know it's Darlene. I'd messed it up. My apologies. Okay. College professors have even gotten it wrong. So, <laughs> Okay. So those two wit- the two witnesses, that, you know, that, that minister that was on that step stool and got pulled down, I was thinking that made me think of the two witnesses that those two officers would not have liked what would have happened to them for doing that. Well, and as far as the, am I an extremist, that's a, that's a good thing, I think, or maybe we're zealous. But God always, many times I'll say, has given me a word from his word, from the Bible, or someone will say something and say, it's funny you should say that, or I was just read in the Bible. But last night I couldn't sleep, so I read two chapters of Revelations, because I'm in Revelations now. Well, then I put this little sticky note where I leave off. Well, chapter 11, Revelations chapter 11, my two witnesses, where it says, and I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days closed in sackcloth and these are the two olive trees anyway when he did when he was arrested it made me think of those two witnesses well i don't think it was coincidental 
that I'm in chapter 11, and it's talking about the two <laughs> witnesses. And I don't know, I know that God knew where I was going to be in the Bible, and then I get so much confirmation. Yeah. And I do seek out, if I, I don't know if I'm an extremist or zealous, I'm not, I know I'm not where I should be, I should be more, but I do get a word from God, either through confirmation, and just like, I'm in Revelations 11, and that man was a witness, and he was arrested. Yeah. So, he knew where I was going to be, and he knew where you all were going to be today. Yeah. And then if I was arrested, I might be thinking, if I was arrested, and I, I was hoping that maybe I would have the guts to do that someday, and I would hope that I wouldn't go... Well, this was a real good idea. <laughs> well, the Bible says in, in Daniel that we will be strong and do exploits, and those who know yes. their God shall instruct many. So there is a pretty good possibility, Darlene, that you may be like this gentleman one day where you're out proclaiming the gospel to people. And, you know, the Bible says that when this war against the saints starts, that some will go into captivity and some will be killed with the sword. And so yeah. th- those are things that, you know, are in the word of God. And if you believe those things, we, we may be those people. And Darlene, I, I mentioned it before, but the, it may not be that you're a street preacher or that you are this John the Baptist figure. It could be that you posted a scripture on your Facebook page or emailed it using your Gmail account and Google scanned it and reported you for sharing certain information. And so it might not be a street preacher that gets, gets arrested next. And uh, so... Yeah. It may be someone yeah. like me on Facebook putting y'all <laughs> stuff on there. But, you, you know, I know. thought also that if he finds me worthy, I was thinking, Lord, am I really worthy to be arrested? Am I really worthy to be killed? I mean, it, you got to look at the positive, too. It could be. Yeah, and you know what? You mentioned earlier about the word extremist. We don't really like that label either. Uh, we're not trying to proclaim that people should be extreme and wild. We are just simply saying that because you read a scripture and say you believe it, you are being called an extremist. Yeah. So yeah. Um, mm-hmm. we're really asking, are you one of those boring people that just believe the word for what it says? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it sounds like well, you are. <laughs> well, and I called in one day and talked to Irvin, and I asked him about, you know, am I okay? Am I? He said, are you living the best you can for the Lord? Are right. you living the best you can? Yeah. And so that's what we just need to, I right. guess, really try to do. Yep. Do your best and let God do the rest. That's what Brother Baxter used to say all the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for all calling, right, Dolly, it. and it's always a pleasure to chat with you. Uh, we appreciate it very much. Now we will go to Claudia in Indiana. Claudia, welcome to End of the Age. Yes, hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, as I was watching uh, this minister being taken down because of his of faith and his testimony, it brought to my mind uh, the uh, time when Jesus went into the temple and he cleared the temple. Um, I don't think that they would have appreciated, um, you know, any of us doing that, but, you know, God was bold and he wasn't about to let that go on. And I think we as Christians, and I thank God that I'm an apostolic, I think we as Christians are going to have to uh, pull ourselves up by our boot latches and become more bold in Jesus because the world is not going to accept us. 
but we have uh, a commandment, you know, that we have to um, tell the world, um, I don't go out on street corners and um, preach or anything like that, but when I am asked, um, there was once that I was asked as I was going through the line in Walmart if I was a uh, Jesus believer, and I said yes, and the cashier asked me if I would pray for her. And I said, I certainly will. What is your name? And she said, would you pray right now? Well, I dropped what I had, and I laid my hands on her, and I began to pray for this woman. And um, I believe that that is what God is expecting of us. And if I go to jail, I want to proclaim him even in jail. Um, I love to sing for the Lord. And so I can only imagine myself in prison or in jail singing and testifying. Um, now, that doesn't mean that the uh, you know, chains are going to come off of the cell and I'm going to get somehow moved out of there. But whatever God has, never know. I want God's boldness yeah. to be able to sustain and do what God wants me to do. I want to be a servant, a disciple of the Lord. And so whatever it is that he wants me to do, I want to be ready to step up to the plate. Thank you so much for taking my call. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Beautiful call, Claudia. Yeah, awesome. We're so glad that you called in and shared your passion and, and your perspective on the topic today. Uh, that is what it's all about right, right. there. Amen. Uh, the Spirit will move on us, and it may be us sitting uh, in a hammock on a Saturday afternoon and and all of a sudden we feel the urge to call somebody and tell them that we're thinking about them and praying for them. That could be your stand up on the street corner and preach moment. Right. Um, you know, I think about how the um, the Ethiopian eunuch was, was ministered to. It's just a one-on-one situation. It's not necessarily standing in front of a big crowd, but it's what the Spirit wanted in that moment. Yeah. And so, yeah, that may be labeled as extreme That's by kind of some, extreme. <laughs> but who cares awesome. what they think? Who awesome. cares about their perspective of how yeah. you live their life? Yeah. You know, I'm, happ- I'm a happily married man. I'm not uh, cheating around on my wife or going out on the weekends and spending all night with my boys and all that stuff. I'm not doing any of that stuff. And I've got some people that I'm connected to that do that stuff. And you know what? I'm weird because I'm not that way because that's how the world is. Right. And if that's what me, if that's if they call my behavior extreme, I'm okay with it because mm-hmm. I'm doing what I believe the Lord's called me to do. That's right. Um, and it's not any of that stuff that they're doing that I would consider extreme. So follow the Spirit. Uh, it may not be uh, street preaching that you would do, but it might be just like Claudia did. Uh, pray with the person checking you out at Walmart. Um, be in that light that shines even when you're stressed out because the person in front of you had 12 coupons that they wanted scanned. They were all expired. Right. I've been through this before. Actually, that would probably be my mom that would do that one. But uh, <laughs> getting the people behind you all stressed out. But in those moments, we let our light shine and the Spirit leads us. Yeah. And uh, that's what it's all about. All right, we will go to Daniel in Texas. Daniel, welcome to End of the Age. Hello. Hi, Daniel. You're on the air. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Can you hear us? Oh, sorry. Um, yes. Um, yeah, I have a question slash comment. So this this thing's about Christian extremism, right? Or being labeled as such? Yeah. Well, um, here's two different uh, thoughts that I have. You know, there's 
you know, our founding fathers in this country, forget the religious part of it, they, they had to fight for their rights, for religious freedom and speech and all those things. And so even now our government, in my opinion, is kind of coming toward that tyrannical, you know, viewpoint. And, you know, our founding fathers say at one point you've got to rise up and you've got to fight this for your freedom. But on the other hand, you know, as Christians, we're supposed to do things like turn the other cheek and be forgiving. And, and of course, you know, the Bible says, as you know, the world kind of goes toward the world tyranny. This is all part of the plan. So my thing is, is like, you know, what, how should us as Christians handle this? You know, because, you know, should we should we be patriots and protect our religious freedom? Or as Christians, should we, you know, kind of realize that this is all part of the plan and there's not really much we can do but just continue to preach and and just kind of go through the persecution that the Bible kind of warns us about. You kind of see what I'm saying? I was just kind of wondering about your thoughts yeah. about you know, what can we do in these times. You know, they're going to label us extremists because they don't want us to fight what they're doing. And any kind of voice other than their voice, they don't they don't want that. You know, they want to suppress as much as possible. Yeah, um, so well, Daniel, thinking, you know, I, I think that we have a great uh, example if we look at the book of Acts and we look at what the apostles did. They were under the same type of persecution. They were under... Uh, tyrannical government, uh, you know, the Roman military was all over the place and there was persecution going on. But what did they do? They stayed focused. They had prayer meetings. They came together every every time they had an opportunity to come together as the church. Uh, they met, they broke bread, they prayed, and they taught the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Lord is the only one that's going to be able to save our situation, any situation we're in. Uh, so I just I believe in what you're saying, but I know that we have that example in the book of Acts. Would you agree with that, Vince? Absolutely. And, you know, that's something that I've personally struggled with as well. And we don't have enough time to get into it. We've got 30 seconds left. Right. But, you know, this 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 balance between being pro-country and a Christian and when those things don't mesh, mm-hmm. how do we respond that's a whole nother program, uh, and I wish I had time to get into it, but thank you for your call, Daniel. Uh, maybe we'll do that one day, uh, and I, I better not say any more since I won't be able to explain myself. But thank you for watching Into the Age. Uh, we will be back tomorrow at 3 p.m. Central Time. Uh, don't forget to visit us at endtime.com. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.